0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Raised to Empower podcast. I'm chatting today with my guest, Andrea Shipley. She is a creative entrepreneur providing online therapy to her patients in Virginia, as well as lifestyle design coaching to people everywhere. She loves helping helpers to live more balanced and satisfying lives. Her passion to travel led her to renovate a schoolie and live while she travels full time. Andrea, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much. Glad to be here.
0: So, I uh, will get into your um, kind of background in a minute, but I, you're meeting with me from.
1: I'm assuming the schoolie. What is a schoolie? A schoolie is a school bus that's been converted into an RV. So oh. it's basically a, a an old school bus that I live in and I work in and I've been traveling not only the U.S., but this year I went down to Baja, Mexico, and also up into wow. Canada as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Now, did you convert it yourself
1: or did like you purchased it like this or... I purchased it and it had been kind of built out for a family. So it had like a dinette set and bunk beds and was kind of in rough shape, kind of like yeah. a weekend sort of setup. Uh, but they'd also done a lot of really good work to it. So I had a great foundation and then I just yeah. re rebuilt it for about a year to suit my needs and sure. and added a lot, figured out what I would need in order to work from the road and, yeah. and all that. So um, and then my dad helped me with it a lot. It was kind of a fun project that he and I worked on for yeah. for about a year. And, you know, he's good with electrical and so he helped me with like the plumbing and getting solar set up and and all of those things yeah it's been a labor of love for sure (laughs) I'm
0: sure it probably feels like your baby (laughs) that it's like this thing you've created and now you get to like live and experience life
1: with yeah and interestingly I've lived in this bus probably longer than I've lived almost anywhere else wow Um, it's been over four years that I've been living in this and traveling around Well, and listeners
0: obviously can't see your background, but from what I can see, it's so cute and I love the setup
1: and it just looks like it would be
0: like very cozy and comfortable.
1: Yeah. I've got my counseling license right back here. Yeah. (laughs) The plans, right? The therapist plans, Uh the
0: couch, right? It's perfect. Yeah. So I always start off um, in chatting with guests just to find a little bit more about their background, especially those who are in the mental health field. How did you get into this field? How did you decide? I think I want to go into private practice.
1: Mm -hmm. It's been a long journey. I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. It's almost hard to pinpoint a singular decision maker. Um, but it, you know, I ended up going into counseling myself. I, I saw a social worker when I was about 15 because I was experiencing some depression and, uh, so, and even though, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't remember a whole lot about that, but it yeah. obviously helped because I, you know, was able to get to a better place. And and I do remember feeling really supported by her. And I remember her office more than I remember our conversations, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, so that had an impact. And then I was, I, I went to art school uh, for undergrad. So that was sort of a you yeah. know totally other direction and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do started out in graphic design so there's the design element which yeah. we'll get into later and then um ended up realizing I didn't really want to sell things which yeah <laughs> fast forward to today right. I'm like <laughs> learning and teaching myself how to yeah. sell things um but I so so anyway I transitioned out of graphic design and finished with a painting and printmaking major um And then, you know, but during that transition, I was also looking into art therapy and Mm. sort of starting to think about psychology again. Um, And then uh, another detour after art school, went to massage therapy school and practiced massage for a few years. And so have really had a long-term passion for helping and healing and also spiritual seeking started kind of on that self-development journey in my teens and have just not really been able to get off that ride <laughs> since yeah. then yeah and um and then with massage you know kind of got a sense of just the the body mind connection sure. and and I'd been addressing the body side and I wanted to address the the mind side more And so I started looking for spiritual psychology on Google and wasn't really finding much, but I just knew I wanted to sort of learn from that angle and eventually ended up. um, I was traveling in Oregon and I met this woman um, on top of a mountain. I was with a friend of mine and there's some, I don't know what it's called, but it's around Portland and there's like a big hill and there's some sort of area where you can stand and like, you know, say things and hear your own echo. I don't know, probably someone listening to this knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, I met a woman up there and we started talking and I started talking to her about what I was looking for. And then she told me that she had studied transpersonal psychology and basically, when she told me what that was, it was exactly what I had been looking for. Yeah. Um. So kind of a holistic, um, existential, consciousness-based approach, I sure. suppose, to psychology. And so I ended up actually going to the same school she went to, uh, which was John F. Kennedy University out in California and study transpersonal psychology. And that was like, you know, kind of a it was definitely about wanting to help people, but it was also for myself, wanting to understand people and yeah. wanting to understand myself and wanting yeah. to deepen my own healing and understanding. Um, so that was back in 2010 that I started school and started counseling in the, you know, my internship program there in 2013. So yeah. And then I, um, you know, I, worked at a wilderness therapy place in North Carolina. I wasn't a therapist. I was a field guide. So I was kind of going backpacking for a week at a time with people who were in recovery, early recovery from addictions. And then I worked at a, an addiction treatment center in Hanover for a few years and learned so much, met some great people. Um, But I was missing that part of myself that Mm. felt free enough to you know get out and travel and go hiking out west on yeah. the weekends you know i wasn't able to do so many of these things that i wanted to do um so even though i loved the work and my coworkers i um you know i i tried everything i could within that organization to sure. maybe go remote or something like that but it was pre covid and it didn't work out and yeah. so i just kind of got my head in the in my journals for you know, a year or something, just figuring out, like, how can I make this all happen simultaneously? And that kind of got me moving.
0: So did you, and we'll get into in just a minute, kind of what your practice looks like on, on the road and how you've, you know, been able to design your own kind of lifestyle. When you did go into the realm of like your own private practice, was it from the get-go of I'm going to do this on the road? Or was it looking at it from the, I'll put in quotes, more traditional brick and mortar or even telehealth, but I'm in like one place? Or did you know, as you were kind of doing that journaling process, I want this to look very different?
1: Yeah, I knew that I wanted to set my practice up as a, an online mobile practice. I can definitely see myself, you know, in the future when I, you know, when I know where I want to be long-term, you know, I would love to have an office space and maybe build some trails in the woods behind my office and be able to do more walk and talk therapy or something like that. But for now, this is how I, how I wanted to build it and how I designed it from the start, because I just knew that I, uh, that there was just a lot of the world that I wanted to see and, and a lot that I wanted to participate in. And yeah I'm just, I don't know, I guess I'm just too difficult to want to go to the same <laughs> office every, every Monday, even though I, you know, I do, but I get to drive my office around Well, and when you step outside your office
0: door, it could be something different every day or every week, depending on when you want to move.
1: Yeah, which is perfect for me right now because I get the comforts of home and I have all my things with me. And then I I always just say that I get a different backyard every couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I know separate from your therapy work, you also have begun working with um, helpers and healers. And as we were chatting, it sounds like other people that have just kind of come into your orbit around designing their own lifestyle, whatever that may look like for them. I'd be curious, like in your mind, what does it mean to design your lifestyle?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I think the best way to think about it is that You know, we live in this we live in this world where we're almost so removed from nature. We've created and built so much that we, you know, we've create we have created these worlds, these cities, these towns, these so these social constructs that we live in. So every building that we enter, every piece of furniture we sit on, uh, you know, every business that we participate in started with a design and a building plan. Right. And so it we know it's such a good idea in all these other areas. We know that we cannot create something really meaningful and functional if we don't start with a really clear design and plan first. But then with life, so often we just sort of um we don't really do it in the same way. It seems to me that like when we're in school, there's a degree of that, like thinking about what we want. But It tends to be more about, at least in my experience, tends to be more about like, here are the things you can be. You can be a yeah. lawyer, you can yeah. be a doctor, yeah. you can be a therapist. You here are the roles that are pre-prescribed that you can fit yourself into. Sure. And go from there. And certainly as a healthcare person, whether it was in my years as a massage therapist or as a, a mental health counselor you know, and just working with other helpers, I see how frequently people end up feeling really burned out and tired and drained and just like they're giving and giving and giving, but not really filling their cup. Yeah. And then I, you know, hearing from people like Gabor Mate, people who are talking about the importance of living in an honest and authentic and integrous life. And so seems to me, why not get clear on that piece about who we are first Mm -hmm. and then build from there so that whatever roles we move into actually line up with who we are as humans and so that that so we don't feel so stretched and like we're bending over backwards and you know doing backbends to just fit something that isn't us
0: yeah. Well, and I think you're right. Like there is an element of like the dreaming or like visioning when you're in school, but to a degree where it's like you can envision something like envision or dream about this thing or design, but within this box. <laughs> and I think <laughs> for so many of us that go to school for some kind of mental health degree, whether it is social work or psychology or marriage, family therapist, whatever it may be, that there is this element of dream what you want to do with this. How are you going to help the world? But you have to stay within these parameters. And no, you certainly can't have a practice that you live in a schoolie and drive around the country and do therapy that would never work. Right. And so then I think we get ourselves into that box that you said, like, we're just kind of going through the motions almost. And it becomes like just pragmatic decisions (laughs) versus like, is this really fulfilling me or is this just contributing to burnout?
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, you made me kind of remember too, just that it seems like there's a really strong line drawn when we're in maybe elementary school, we're encouraged to just dream big and you can be anything you want. And like the, the sky's the limit, but somewhere along the lines that does, change and then it's more about like you know going to your career counselor and talking about what you want to be when you grow up and and like you said these these parameters get put into place and it's not that i don't think parameters can be useful or helpful because they parameters are really helpful for the creative process but i think that a lot of times we we consider things to be limitations that maybe don't have to be limitations Mm. and so you know, it's it's kind of important to stretch that and, and look outside of the box more and kind of think about it differently because a lot of times we don't even let ourselves really admit to the things that we want. Sometimes mm. we don't even know the things that we want because I think there are a lot of reasons for that. But when I tend to ask people what they want, a lot of times they revert back to all the reasons they think they can't have it. Mm. And that becomes like the primary story that they tell themselves rather than continuing to like move through that and, and continue to get creative. Because again, how many things are this laptop I'm looking at, this didn't exist, what, 25 years ago, you know, there's, there's the fact that we're having this conversation over zoom didn't exist a handful of years ago. So. You know, if we stop ourselves with those limiting ideas about what's possible, we can't make progress like that. And we're in a world that's full of possibilities that we can't even conceive of. So, you know, I just help people entertain those possibilities and remember that they exist and and think about how they can fit into their own life in a in an interesting way that's more likely to be fulfilling long term and sustainable, I think.
0: We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter Comprehensive Connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. Have you noticed in working with whether it's therapists or others in the mental health field or other helpers and healers, similar limiting beliefs. Like are there common ones that you notice that come up more frequently or that like tend to be some of the more popular,
1: I don't know if that's the
0: right word, uh, ones that, that come up in your work with
1: people? Mm. Yeah. I find that money is a big one you know, we, mm-hmm. we we really get stuck around money, not only in what we think we can spend, but what we think we can earn yeah. and what we think we're worth and what we think people will pay. Um, So that, that definitely can be a tricky area for a lot of us, myself included, if I'm perfectly honest, it's a tricky yeah. area. Um, and then, you know, sometimes people feel like, their significant others wouldn't be supportive of what they want to create. Um, I do think it's important to keep in mind, or maybe their kids, you know, I can't design what I want to do because I have to do what's right for my kids or my family. Sure. But I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, you can design your lifestyle with your family and your kids in mind too. Yeah. And that's actually going to serve everybody in the long run. So, you know, what would it, What would that look like if instead of your significant other being the reason you can't live the life you want? What if you worked together to design the life that works for both of you? You know, I think there's a great opportunity there. Um, You know, a lot of people feel like that sense of just, I'm not good enough. People aren't going to want what I have. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able, you know, everyone else, anyone else can do it, but I can't that kind of thinking goes up. Um, yeah, those are the three that are coming to mind right now, but I know there's a lot, you know, we've all, we all have those things. What do you think are a couple
0: that you've heard? Money? Definitely. Like for sure. I think that's a big one. And I think you're right. Like we are so quick to compare ourselves to somebody else of like, well, they can do it and it works for them, but I don't think I can. And can I make that much money or like, can I charge that amount? You know, whatever the story is, but I think money is a big one. And I I see that, you know, I work primarily in my practice and then in my, my work with coaching and consulting primarily with women. And I think it comes up for us in deeper ways than I have seen with men, for sure. i um, not saying that that doesn't exist there, but I think the money stories were taught growing up. And I was actually just chatting with um, uh, a guest about this recently of like, we're told don't talk about it. <laughs> and, or, you know, it's not okay to to want more, you know? And so mm-hmm. I definitely think that's a big one. And then I definitely agree. I think limiting our, desires because of other people that are in our life whether it is a spouse whether it is our kids or if we're in kind of that sandwich generation our parents that maybe we're having you know we're caretakers for them or you know whatever the thing may be um where you know, they're afraid of what the other people will think about them yes taking a good
1: step that way yes
0: yeah and again it go. I think a lot of times you know, not to go into like the therapy side of things, but it can be rooted in like family narratives
1: and, you know, what generationally. You got me thinking about where you said that, you know, maybe men tend to have a different money story than women. And it just made me kind of think about, uh, this thing, it makes me hot inside when I Mm. think about like, how, how, new it is that women can have their own bank accounts. Like it's yes. new that women are allowed to own their own money. Isn't yeah. it? I mean, only yeah. a few years before I was born is when yes. that law changed. So I kind of have to remember that every now and then that like, I'm kind of in a first generation of free women.
0: Yeah. yeah, No, for sure. I was reading a book about um, women and in, in, um, in finances and was reminded of that too, that Like when I was born in mid eighties, my mom couldn't have a credit card in her own name. Right. Like, which just wild. Right. Right. And so again, we don't think about that piece of of things, but again, just society in general conditions, people, but especially women not to talk about money. Um, Yeah. And so I definitely see that coming up as one of those limiting beliefs.
1: Yeah and so it's interesting when we can change a limit to a parameter back to that creativity Mm, conversation like I'm always kind of interested like what is it you know what would be some ways that we could live a more rich life today even if the money doesn't change Mm, for instance yeah you know just to help us start to think beyond that limitation yeah Um, because you know we know that money doesn't buy happiness, that beyond the point of surviving, you know, more money doesn't mean more happiness. And that a lot of times what people want to be able to have as a result of having money is more, you know, time, freedom and flexibility, which ultimately they want to use to connect with the people they love more to have unique experiences and, and things like that. And You know, so we can start to move in the direction of those things that we really want even before the money shows up. And I think that that's something that we do with clients in therapy. And it's certainly something that I do with clients through lifestyle design as well.
0: For a lot of our listeners, they may either already have a practice or they may be starting it. And again, I think sometimes there are, there's this idea again of what it's supposed to look like, but like you're saying in designing our practice, it's how do we make that work to the lifestyle we want right? right not that we like build it and all of a sudden we're like oh this doesn't work for me which I have done <laughs> I absolutely mm-hmm. have done right like I've yep. designed that and like oh nope, this doesn't work but that can we can we dream that yeah not sure like where the additional money is coming, going to come from in, if I operate in this way, but you know, working to believe that it will, and that I am designing this. So it is working best for me, me and my partner, me and my children, whatever the the family, your health. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Being able to design whatever that is and being okay that like, it's not going to look like somebody else's because I think again, going back to our schooling, we're not taught (laughs) how to start a business we're not taught how to run a practice and so we're always looking to others of like how do you do this but it
1: doesn't have to to look like anybody else's and I think that can be a sort of confusing for people who see me because maybe they think that I'm going to encourage everybody to, you know, sell all their belongings and live in a bus, which is the farthest thing from what I'm interested yeah. in doing. Truthfully, yeah. I don't teach people how to travel. I don't teach people how to live in a bus. I teach people how to design and plan the next yeah. stage of their life. And, and I know firsthand that this kind of life is not for everybody and, you know, that there are different things that suit other people better. So I'm just really interested in helping people figure out what that is for themselves and, and get over that hurdle of believing it's impossible and finding out how it can be possible.
0: Do you find in your work with, you know, supporting people with like designing their lifestyle, do they come to you? Knowing what they want, or is it that they know they want something different, but they're not sure what that may look like? And, or they have an idea, and by the time they're working with you, it becomes something different. Mm
1: -hmm. I would say, let me think. I don't know that I've had anyone who just had no idea what they want. I think everyone's had some idea of what they want, but, but I remember one woman saying, something along the lines of like, I came into this program thinking I knew what I wanted and it blew my lame plans out of the water. And, (laughs) you know, basically she just, she surprised herself with what she came up with and what she ultimately was capable of. In her case, she, you know, she, I don't think she'd ever even left her state, but she wanted Mm -hmm. to, she wanted to travel, but she had a, you know, the kind of job that required her to be
0: in a place.
1: Um, as she, and she's the, uh, the art teacher that I mentioned. So she teaches pottery and she ended up, I I need to talk to her actually, and figure out what all she ended up doing, but you know, she's been traveling, I think mostly full-time for almost two Mm. years at this point. And I believe that she ended up getting other people to teach her classes so she's been making last I heard she'd been making more money than she was when she was wow. stationary
0: yeah you know
1: working less earning more and traveling full-time and and getting to see the world finally so you know like she didn't know what she was gonna where she would end up when she came in I certainly didn't know where she would end up
0: um, yeah. but
1: that's also what's really fun about the process is just yeah you know tapping back into those parts of ourselves that that can access hope and that can dream. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean that we're going to get everything that we dream of necessarily, but it, it primes us to be more, much more likely to. And, you know, as you know, when we, when we get moving in the direction that feels like it's aligned for us, then all Mm -hmm. kinds of opportunities pop up that we, we couldn't have, we couldn't have anticipated and planned for, but we can, we can we can start to plan for things to show up that we don't expect, sure, and I think that sure. there's a lot of wisdom in that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so you know, part of it, a big part of it, is just like the mindset of you know, hey, this is gonna be hard. You know, yeah. it's gonna be hard because you haven't done it up to this point. Sure. So let's prepare for the hard, and also you know, just figure out how to stay on track. It makes me think of uh, when I was. When I was in graduate school out in California, there was a short period of time where I was learning how to sail these little dinghy sailboats. Yeah. And one of the first things that we had to do was learn to tip the boat and rewrite the boat by ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of think about it like that you know, like we're going through life and a big gust of wind hits us and we get knocked over. So I really, I help people figure out how to rewrite the boat and just get back in the direction that they're headed in. And I think that just having that skill set and also the, you know, not like a, it's not like we're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop because we know how that paralyzes people, Sure, but it is like. You know, eventually it's gonna rain shoes, and I'm gonna figure yeah. out how to like build an umbrella or keep going or take cover yeah. or do what I need to do because it's not gonna rain shoes forever, right. and, and I don't want to lose the momentum or their direction that is really meaningful to me. So I don't right. know if that makes sense. I've never talked no, about it, shoes raining, but
0: <laughs> no, but it's it's how do you adapt, right? Like that's essentially what it is, is right? Like you're not you you don't know when that gust of wind is going to come and all of a sudden the boat decides to list a totally different way than mm-hmm. the direction you're trying to go. And, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that in that moment? And there are some times where you, you have to let go of the rigging and let it go and we'll just write it. Right. And then there's other times mm-hmm. you can pull it back in to try to, you know, like mm-hmm. get it back on course, but it's about being able to adapt and about being able to adjust. And I think, um, you know we get into routines whether again it's a routine we've purposely set up ourselves or it's a system has set up for us to say like this is just the path you're on and we like have a hard time <laughs> trying to consider even stepping outside of of those lines because it feels too hard or i mm-hmm. i'm afraid if i take that little step where's the wind going to take me and i'm and i don't know how to come back from that or to,
1: to write that, that ship. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us want more freedom in our lives, but that's kind of a scary thing for a lot of people too, when they want that sense of certainty. Um, you know, but I think that's, what's kind of exhilarating about life too, is just like figuring out how to have that faith and that sort of cooperative relationship with what life brings. Yeah.
0: Well, and as you were talking, you know, something that was kind of coming as you were, you know, describing some of the process that you've had in working with people and designing their life, you know, you pointed out that like there is this point in our schooling where we are, not that we're told to stop dreaming, but it is like, let's start getting more pragmatic. I mean, I remember in middle school. It was, It had to either be like sixth or seventh grade doing like a career test already at that point. Right? right. And not that we're told you can't still be creative, right? Like you're, you still have your extracurriculars and stuff, but there comes a point at which we're kind of told like, grow up. And I'm putting that in quotes, right? Like grow up. You have to like think through like, how are you going to make money? How are you going to do these things? And that eventually like that creative piece of us, Or that part of ourselves that really is valuable and is important Mm -hmm. gets put to the side. And I know for myself, and in talking with other people who are therapists who have ventured into other income streams or other places of, you know, adding additional businesses, that that, and even in designing their own practices, has allowed them to kind of tap back into that creative piece because you are designing. (laughs) you're dreaming, you're envisioning. And it's this part of ourselves that get like goes dormant almost (laughs) because Mm -hmm. we're not like flexing that muscle. And I would imagine as like, you're talking about like this art teacher that clearly she has a creative side, but that all of a sudden it's this other muscle that's like been just kind of stagnant starts to get used as we start to dream of like, well, maybe, maybe this really could be a thing. Maybe mm-hmm. I could have a, a, a career or I could have a lifestyle that allows me to do this thing that I couldn't envision doing 10 years ago, but could re- be a real possibility. It's tapping back into that part of ourselves that has been squashed for so long.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a great part of us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is so valuable and, and it's what makes Life interesting, and it's what creates newness in our world. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of baffling that that gets squashed so quickly. Really, I mean, I can't. I'm kind of trying to pinpoint when in my life, in my young life, that happened. You know, thankfully, I've always been an art kid, so I think I always had some place to put it. Yeah, and you know. I, you know, my mom was an artist and so it was, I have maybe had a little bit more acceptance around that being my interest, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many possibilities and don't get me wrong. You know, I think that there's also value in going down those pre-prescribed tracks too, Mm -hmm. you know, like if I don't know, who knows if I would have had the discipline to have gotten fully licensed as a therapist, if I hadn't fallen into some of those you know, um, but there comes it's like self-actualization too you know, like you go through the stages of development and then there's a point where it's like, okay, how do I put the best of all of these worlds together? Yeah, how do I put all of my skill sets together for something that really is a bit new and unique to me?
0: Yeah, 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 that I get to use all these parts of myself and not just like this one
1: piece, yeah, I like I like that part a lot, you know, feeling like I. Because there was something that felt almost pretentious about my therapy practice Mm. before it was my practice when I was working for other people. And then, you know, the whole, there's so much, and I know there's value in it too, but like learning to be the blank slate, you know, kind of learning to put ourselves away to a certain degree. And, you know, granted, like when I'm, when I'm working with my counseling clients, I, that's fine. That's no problem. Sure. But there is something about like, the overall thing that I'm building. And certainly with the lifestyle design and my, my coaching clients, where I get to show up in what I'm building, yes. and that includes my counseling practice. And, and I love the word building, you know, because it's not just about designing something, it's about designing yeah. it so that you can build it and take action on it. And um, so that's just been kind of like a, What's the what's the word to use? I don't know. Like, but building has just been a word that's been coming up for me a lot over the last few years, and I've just had a lot of fun in this process of seeing what I can build. And I and I think that it's gonna continue to evolve and grow and shift. And yeah, so just that was my main interest was designing a life that was free enough for me to allow for those evolutions. And yeah to continue to build from
0: well and I think the cool thing like you point out like the word building has been coming is that it's not built but it is building right that it is continuing mm-hmm. to evolve and change that it's not a I'm putting you know the cornerstone on and it's done <laughs> it is it like you said it's evolving and yeah. it can shift and change and adapt mm-hmm. as you feel like you're ready to as you, your your lifestyle needs it to right and i think mm-hmm. that giving ourselves permission to adapt and change i think is so important because again i think a lot of times we go we go into this field <laughs> or we go into life thinking like it has to be a specific way or it's going to be a specific one way or another And it may not work for us anymore, but it's like, we're still trying to fit that round peg in the square hole, but that recognizing (sighs) like, it is okay. It's okay. If you don't want to do this thing anymore, it's okay. If you want to do this other thing now, Um, Mm -hmm. how, like you said, how does it align with who you are as an individual and what you're seeking to get
1: out of life? And when we're pushing really hard in order to fit into one of those roles that we just don't fit into, we aren't doing the discovery work to find out what's true about us
0: Mm. yeah so
1: it's like we're running further away from ourselves in order to fit into these roles and a lot of times you know by the time we realize what's happening it's just got a lot of recovery work to do right 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 when you were talking about building I remembered um you know traveling in like South America and I think I saw it out in Thailand too where they you know they're they're building their houses and they'll just leave the rebar sticking up so yeah. that later when they have the money they can yeah. build a second floor it's kind of like that a little bit yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we're building this one phase and we'll decide if we want to add on later right or yeah. when the money comes or when we have the time or the energy or with the design the new design for it yeah yeah mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you would love listeners to know about designing their lifestyle?
1: Just that they can do it, you know, Mm. just consider that you can do it for yourself and consider what it might maybe look like. And also, um, you know, every designer knows that the first idea isn't always the best idea. So that's where, you know, like moving past the limiting beliefs is relevant, for instance, because a lot of times that's the first idea is just like, can't do it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah.
1: So, you know, come up with a few, come up with a few possibilities. And, and, uh, you know, when I work with people, I really encourage them to look at their lives as a whole, kind of take a holistic picture and, an overview and, um, and, so in that way, it's kind of like putting a puzzle together in a way and, and finding out how to make all the parts fit. Yeah. So yeah, just, I mean, let yourself, let yourselves imagine. Yeah. And see where it takes you.
0: And I know you have, I think like a free webinar that listeners
1: can check out. I do. Yeah. It's called five shifts to designing a life you love. Um, So that's available uh, on my website and I think I gave you the link for it. So yeah, that'd be a great place for people to start if they're interested in lifestyle design.
0: Yeah. Are there any other places people can find you to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So my website is aliveexplorations.com. I'm on Facebook at Alive Explorations. Same with Instagram, same with YouTube actually. And we'll have all of those linked um, in the show notes for this episode too, great. Andrea. It's
0: really been uh, a pleasure getting to chat with you and and even tapping into some of the creative mindset for myself of like, oh, okay, like maybe I need to just start dreaming again of some other things that I, I've I've had on my radar. So yes, this is this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time today.
1: Yeah, thank you too. It's been great.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the raise to empower podcast, check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower to join us.
1: I'll see you back here next week.